My entitled friends refused to pay me back for the $700 I loaned them when they claimed they were in desperate need. And as a result, I got furious. So I decided to get some petty revenge and I got their car towed away that they hadn't made payments on for over five months. Here's what happened. So two months ago, I lent some of my friends $700. They came to me begging to help them out to catch up on bills, specifically on their car loan. They told me they were two months behind on it and didn't want it repossessed. So me being the gullible soft touch that I am, I lent them the money. Now they promised to pay me back $233 per month for three months until I was fully paid back. And I didn't even charge them any kind of interest. Well, it came to the first month and guess what? Yep, you guessed it. No payments to me. They came up with this really half-baked excuse that they were behind on other bills as well now. So the next day I take a drive to their apartment to discuss it with them. And what do I see when I walk into their living room? A brand brand new 52 inch LED smart TV mounted on the wall. At first, I didn't say anything about the TV. I asked them why they didn't keep their part on our agreement to pay me back and I got the same excuse. We're really backed up on our other bills and have been paying those off too. And it was right about then that I pointed out the new TV and I said to them, well then is that a new TV? Because last month when I was here, it was not there. And the answer I got floored me. They told me, you know what? It's none of your business what we spend our money on. They then claimed that they would start paying me back next month. Now, I was fuming so much, I just walked out and went home. So I thought to myself, I will give them till next month and see if they will start paying me back. Well, next month came along and guess what? Another BS excuse came my way. This time, it was their dog that got sick and they had vet bills that they needed to pay. So now I was absolutely enraged. And so I decided right then and there that I was ready, able and planning on getting some serious revenge. I drove to their place last night at 3 in the morning and wrote down the VIN number to their car and the license plate number. The next day, I started calling car repo companies to see if the car was up for repossession. Well, guess what? It was. Those lying jerks never made a payment on their car on over five months, and I found out about it. The woman I spoke to was nice enough to tell me who the lien holder was. I then told her I knew where the car was, and I was willing to let them know for a finder's fee. They agreed to a 250 finder's fee, which was honestly pretty sweet. So I met with a repo agent three days later and showed him where the car was. And he handed me the $250 and then went and hooked their car up to haul it away. Meanwhile, I was sitting in the tow truck the entire time. The next thing I see is those lying jerks come flying out of their apartment screaming at the tow truck driver that he can't take their car away, that they were all caught up in their payments. And that is right when I stepped out of the tow truck and they saw me. I looked at them and I said, that's a load of garbage. You're not caught up. I spoke to your lien holder and you're over five months behind and this is what you get for lying to me and ripping me off like jerks. Now don't get me wrong, I would never do this to family or relatives, but jerks who try to pretend to be my friend, who lie to my face and rip me off is another thing. So honestly, they had it coming. Yeah, these supposed friends are absolute jerks to like the highest degree. They seriously ripped you off completely. They stole that $700 right out of your pocket and they never had any intention of ever paying it off. I mean, if I went to their apartment to try and work something out and try and come to some kind of agreement for them to pay me back or something along those lines, and I saw a brand new TV that I knew for a fact they bought with my money, or at the very least spent their money needlessly on, I would be furious. It is so dishonest to ask for money from someone and then promise to pay them back, only to then never pay them back in the first place. Like, that is so toxic. So hopefully in the future, the original poster is a lot more selective 
perspective with who they give their money to, because clearly these friends were not very good friends to begin with. And hopefully for the sake of the original poster, nothing like this ever happens to him ever again. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. My partner of three years wants me to work full time, even though I'm happy working part time and I make just about as much part time as she does full time. And now as a result, I simply don't know what to do. So for some context, I'm working in a fairly well paying position by local standards. It's not that I completely dislike my occupation. It's just that it's rather boring. By 2019, I reduced my working hours by 40%. That seems like a lot, yes, but I was still easily able to pay my rent for my apartment in an in-demand, well-connected neighborhood in a big, in-demand city. As a side note, I'm living in Germany at the moment, so essentially all apartments are rent-controlled with indefinite contracts, not to mention paying for three international vacations a year and saving some good money on top of that, and that's after all cost-of-living expenses. I also discovered, after reducing my hours, that I'm much happier as a result. I get sufficient sleep almost every day, I have time to exercise five days a week, I expanded myself, and I'm doing stuff that's intellectually stimulating, as well as meaningful when it comes to the volunteer work that I'm doing, and I'm honestly really interested in it. The punchline is, I'm stress-free, and yes, I also have more free time to just do unreasonable things, like watch a movie or anything. But with all of that in mind, unfortunately, my partner of three years is getting more and more unhappy with my situation. Me working part-time wasn't an issue when we met, but after moving in together about a year ago, she started making negative comments, questioning how I'm not bored in the first place and that I'm just lucky. And she's not saying this in a congratulatory way. It really is in a condescending tone. This recently escalated to a point where she is almost insistent that I work full-time. Just to be clear, she is in general a nice person and well-educated, and it's not an imbalance of income. Despite working full-time as team leader, her salary is about the same as my part-time salary. For her, it's about generating more savings for our future. We didn't talk about it in detail, but it seems for her, the idea of buying a house, if it's affordable, seems to be a life goal, and just slacking off is unacceptable, basically implying that my free time should be used for more income, and that this is something serious for her. And it also doesn't help that I'm the only man in our wider circle that decided to work part-time and still makes as much as I do. So it honestly begs the question, how do I resolve this growing tension? Splitting up over this would probably not solve the issue. I like her, and a potentially different partner would probably have a similar attitude. In Germany, it seems men rarely work part-time voluntarily. And on the other hand, working part-time really made me a happier person. I'm not struggling to pay my bills. And if it comes up, I'm fine with raising kids in a city apartment rather than buying a house and two cars just to commute from the suburbs to my job. Am I destined to choose between a partner or a happy part-time life? What should I do? It's honestly disappointing that your partner is not more on board with your mental health. Clearly, you're making enough money to make ends meet and you're able to save up a little bit of money on top of that. And as a result, you're happier than ever. You have more free time. You're able to do things that you want to do with your life. And it sounds like your quality of life has really improved. And in my opinion, if I was your partner, I would be ecstatic that this is what's going on in your life. I think if anything, it sounds like your partner is just super jealous. You make as much as she does and you only work part time. You now have more time to do things that she probably wishes she could do. So she probably just wants you to work not only for the money, but probably so she can feel like you're both working hard to get what you have. So in that regard, it's really disappointing to see the way she's acting. Because honestly, how could you not want your partner to be happy? How could you 
not want them to have more free time to do what they want and to literally just be happy? Like there's so much more to life than just making money. And if you can make enough money to make your ends meet, then in my opinion, I don't see there being anything wrong with just taking your time and enjoying your life. So hopefully some kind of conversation can come out of this where you can explain to your partner that yes, I am happy and no, I don't want to work full time because it sounds like you have a really good thing going and it really would be a shame for you working part time while still making all this money to be the reason that you two end up breaking up. My dad's stepmother and stepsisters essentially stole the money that my grandfather left behind for all of his family and we are so upset by this news and what happened we honestly don't know what to do. So I'll be 28 years old this year. My dad will be about 60 as well. When I was four, so in the early 2000s, my grandfather passed away from cancer and he was 63 years old. For a bit of background about him, he was born in 1937 and was a kind man, but I barely remember him. But there are some wonderful pictures of us laughing together. He was in the Navy during the Cold War and he was the engineer of some submarines that were used at the time. He married my grandmother in a Catholic ceremony in 1962. My dad, who is his oldest kid, was pretty close to him as well. My younger brother is named after him, and my grandmother, who is a firm atheist, divorced him in 1979, leaving their three children behind with him, though she did return for my aunt after a year or so. My grandfather was crushed, and so my dad, at the early age of 12, essentially raised his younger brother and took care of the house. The house in question is a three-bedroom, two-bathroom, one-story in the Bay Area of California, one of the most expensive places to live in the country. It was paid off entirely well before his passing, and he left behind a substantial amount of money, but more on that later. In the early 1980s, he married my stepmom. They loved each other very much. She too had several children from her first marriage. Three daughters, I think, but I've only met two of them. They're about the same age as my dad, maybe a bit younger. In any case, my grandfather passed away in 2000. For the remaining 18 years of his second wife's life, she never worked, never got on any kind of government assistance, and in that time, my dad always treated her very similarly to his biological mother, despite having been 15 or 16 when he met her. She was my grandmother the same as my two biological grandmothers. In fact, I saw her the most frequently of the three until we moved to another state. She treated me like her grandchild and my dad like her son. I didn't even know which of my grandmothers wasn't related to me until I was older. It was all the same. In fact, all three of my grandmothers got married and had their first child before the age of 20. All three of them got a divorce and they all gave me the same advice. Don't do what I did. I have followed that advice, which all three of them really appreciated. Anyways, she passed away in early 2018. She never told us that she had cancer. No one knew until after her passing, except for her eldest daughter. We were all devastated, of course, but she was nearly 80 years old. She was just the same as I remember her being when I was five, but she had indeed aged. My grandfather's entire estate went to her upon his passing, but we never got a penny of it. My dad, his eldest son, his biological son, didn't get the house that he grew up in. A house the same size in the same area cost between $650,000 all the way up to a million dollars today. Instead, it went to a woman who lived there for two years before she left for college. The rest of his estate, which my dad's stepmom had been living comfortably off of without working for 18 years, went to all of her daughters. In her will, she specified that my dad, his siblings, or any of their children were not to receive any of the estate. None of it. We never got a penny. We don't even know what happened to it. My dad asked his stepsister, the one who was the executor on the will, and she refused to even discuss it. She yelled at him for 
asking, blaming her grief on refusal to talk about it. Well, it's been five years, and she still refuses to discuss it. That money could change our lives. This is a woman who I always thought loved my dad. I thought she loved me too. She gave us handmade blankets, and my dad, who kept one of his beds for as long as I can remember, has since donated them. The betrayal I felt, the betrayal my dad feels, is probably the worst part, because his stepmom, the woman I had always thought of as my grandmother, is gone now, and we can't even ask her why she took the money from us, why she denied us the house that my grandfather passed away in, where my dad grew up, where the only memories I have of my grandfather all take place. I'm someone who wants to think the best of everyone, but that's a lot harder when the person who wronged me is passed away and can't even explain themselves. I will never know why. I will never know what happened to that money. None of us will. It's lost, and so is everything my grandfather left behind. So overall, it honestly is a bad deal, and it really, really is unfortunate. This really is unfortunate overall. You think you know your family, but honestly, they throw you a curveball even in their passing. And that seriously is unfortunate. It's really, really disgusting that your grandmother would pull that on you. That she would make sure all of the money and the estate went to her daughters, instead of having any of it go to your dad and your family. In my opinion, that's completely unfair. And I bet you the only reason that the stepsister is not talking about it is because she knows the truth, and she doesn't want to reveal it to your dad. And that in and of itself is so toxic. So hopefully for the sake of your own happiness and the happiness of your father, things are able to work out for the best, if anything, just so you can move on with your life. Because the way you've been treated is absolutely inappropriate, and you don't deserve this in the slightest. I found out that one of my girlfriend's guy friends was actually a former friends with benefits, and I'm just now finding out after the fact, and I feel so betrayed I honestly don't know what to do. So first, for context, we've been dating for about a year and a half now. A couple of months into the relationship, I had called her late one evening to ask a question. This was around 11 o'clock p.m. on a weekday, the night before her birthday. As we were talking for a bit, she said she couldn't talk much longer because she was busy. She then yelled out to somebody that she'll be right down. I asked her playfully if she was talking to her dog, and she said, uh, no, I have a friend over right now. And she said this guy's name was Chris, who she had told me before when we had talked about past friends and past relationships, that he was a guy friend who had admitted he was in love with her in the past. I didn't ask any more questions, and I said goodnight and hung up the phone. The next day, I told her that we needed to have a talk about the previous night. We talked about it, and it turns out that he brought her a cake to her house by himself, all for her birthday. I told her that I'd like to meet this friend of hers that had professed his love for her, so I could put a face to a name and to make me more comfortable with the situation. I told her I was a bit uncomfortable with the fact that she had a guy in love with her over at her place at night and was accepting birthday cakes and gifts from him. I told her it seems like she was leading him on still. She then said it probably wouldn't be best to meet him. She explained that he doesn't really get along with other people and he was a bit out there with his personality where he doesn't really get along with any of her friends. It was always just him and her that hung out. She said she would still ask him though if he felt comfortable meeting me in person. A month went by and she never brought it up again and I didn't either as life just got busy and the relationship was going great still. Then one night she texts me about 8 o'clock p.m. and says to me, oh by the way we need to talk. I'm going bowling with Chris at 8.30. It'll only be an hour or so. Not wanting to be that controlling or insecure boyfriend, I just said I hope she kicks his butt and left it at that. It rubbed me wrong the day after though and the next day I told her we needed to talk. I told her I felt disrespected that she told me she was going bowling with him just 20 minutes before which was actually 
having no time at all to talk about it. She just completely ignored how I felt and brought it up at the last minute, so there was no time. She knew I wanted to meet him in person, and it appeared she hadn't even tried for an entire month to make it happen. Then, just randomly, she says that she is going to hang out with him as if she just completely put my asking on the back burner. She got defensive and started asking why I cared so much, and that she didn't think it was an issue of insecurity the first time that I asked to meet him, but now, after this time, it seemed like an issue of my insecurity, and that they were just friends, and that's it. I responded and told her it's a matter of disrespect, that it seemed like she didn't care about my feelings to simply meet this guy who was in love with her in a group setting, so I could put a face to a name, and that I felt she was putting this guy's other feelings of not wanting to hang out as a group above mine, her boyfriend of all people. To her credit, she immediately texted him, saying I wanted to meet him, and sent me screenshots of him responding that now is not a good time, because he has family issues going on, and isn't in a mindset to meet a new person. We basically wrapped up the call, with her convinced that I was just insecure about their friendship, and me trying to explain it's a matter of respect, and me wanting to just meet him simply to feel more comfortable, with them hanging out together one-on-one. I told her to not stop hanging out with him, as I don't want to be controlling, and that was the last thing that we talked about. Fast forward a year and a half, and we have been living together now for about six months or so. It never came up again, and there were no issues with this guy in her life. I had no idea if she continued to hang out with him after the second time, and honestly, I didn't really care. I completely trusted her. Also, the entire time we've been living together, we've basically never gone out without each other anywhere, so I knew she wasn't hanging out with him at the moment. A few months back, we were hanging out with other friends playing some drinking games, and she was talking about a random time with him, and finished it saying that they were no longer friends anymore. Now, she recently got a new phone, and left her old one just laying around. My curiosity got the best of me, wondering why they no longer were friends, and I went looking in her phone to see what happened. It turns out that they were actually friends with benefits for months before we had met up, and that she continued to be friends with benefits with him until a couple of months or so before we made it official. She stopped being friends with benefits with him after he told her he loved her when they were on a weekend trip together. She had tons of text messages to her friends at the time, saying how attracted to him she was, and she had never been this attracted to anybody in her life. I found out that she continued to hang out with him one-on-one for months after the bowling incident, hanging out at each other's houses, including having more bowling nights, even having him pick her up and drive around looking at Christmas lights together. But there was not a single shred of evidence of infidelity on her part. Everything I saw made it seem like they were truly only friends while we were dating, and that the last time they hung out together was around seven to eight months ago. My heart stopped as I was reading this, as deep down I knew something was off between their relationship, but I had pushed those feelings down out of fear of being labeled insecure if I continue to ask about the history of their friendship. Like I said, there was no evidence of her cheating with this guy, but I still feel absolutely betrayed. She chose to lie by omission about this guy and tell me they were simply just friends. I feel so hurt, as well as betrayed, that she did not tell me the entire truth of their history. I'm assuming she felt if she did tell me everything, she would feel guilted into stopping hanging out with him. I don't know what to do or how to bring this up. As far as I know, she did not cheat and has been extremely loyal to me based on other text messages I saw on her phone. But I still can't help but feel betrayed and hurt by her lack of transparency. Now I'm wondering how many of her other guy friends were previous friends with benefits that she is simply just not telling me about. Should I bring up this conversation or should I just let this issue go 
as they are no longer friends. What should I do? I gotta be honest, regardless of what you do, your girlfriend is being super shady. I mean, the links that she went to in order to hide this aspect of her friendship with this guy is truly disturbing. And I think that is a massive red flag in my opinion. Her calling you insecure and saying the problem was in your head is basically gaslighting. And that's not fair in the slightest. So honestly, I think you need to take a serious hard look at this relationship because the way your girlfriend acted is absolutely inappropriate. And I don't blame you for feeling betrayed as well as feeling that your girlfriend absolutely lied to you. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.